from the studios of One Jacks Productions. This is The Revealing, a ministry of One Baptist Church in Jacksonville, Florida, with your hosts, Senior Pastor Frank Silvaggio, Associate Pastor Robert Ingle, and Praise Leader Chris Wing. Welcome back to another episode of The Revealing. Uh, we hope you had a, a very Merry Christmas, and we are excited that you've uh, joined us for yet another installment. Um, today we are going to uh, shift gears a little bit. Our last few episodes have been uh, that of Keys of Bible Study. Uh, if you did not get a chance to uh, catch those, or if you're just joining us, we are a few weeks into this venture, and uh, we do hope you go back and kind of just catch where we've where we've been and maybe get an idea of uh, where we're going. Uh, but today we are going to uh, start a, a new series of episodes, um, and uh, it comes out of uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 4. Uh, but uh, before we um, get too much into that, uh, just for those who are just joining us, a uh, reminder that uh, my name is Robert. Um, I am the associate pastor at a One Baptist Church in Jacksonville, Florida. I am joined here with our senior pastor, Pastor Frank. How are you? Good, good, good. Thank you. All right. And our, our praise leader, uh, Chris Wing. Chris, how are you, sir? I'm doing well, sir. All right. Good deal. So uh, we are grateful that you were joining us. Um, just three guys with our Bibles open, uh, just wanting to let the Spirit of God uh, reveal to us what His Word says and mm-hmm. uh, be faithful stewards of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so as I was saying, um, you know, many people like to uh, read through their Bibles in a year or, or track through whatever that system looks like. And, and a lot of times, if we're just really focused on just that task, though that is a good task, I suppose, um, there's so much that we can miss if we're just trying to read through the pages. And one of those things um, that we're going to talk about today is what Paul talks about over in 1 Corinthians chapter 4. Um, in the first two verses... Uh, he uh, brings about something to our attention, uh, to the believer's attention, that is um, worthy of our time and attention, especially in this uh, 21st century church. Um, and so in 1 Corinthians 4, he pins these words, Let a man so account of us as of the ministers of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. And, and that ought to stop us in, in our tracks because we are told a few different things from these verses. Number one, we're told that we are ministers of Christ. Mm-hmm. And number two, we are told that we are not just ministers, but we are stewards, and we are stewards over something very specific and very particular, and that is something that Paul calls the mysteries of God. Mm -hmm. And so when we stop and think about that, that can be kind of intimidating to be stewards of the mysteries of God. And we're going to talk about um, what some of those words mean in just a little bit. Um, But he goes on even more, if that's not enough, and he says, it is required in stewards, there in verse 2, that a man be found faithful. And... The Lord doesn't leave any ambiguity here. There's no question about it. It is required, he says, to be found faithful. And there is an event in which um, every son of God 
uh, will be called into an accounting known as the judgment seat of Christ mm-hmm. on whether we were in this life faithful or not mm-hmm. with that which we were called to be. And unfortunately, in the church today, that event, the judgment seat of Christ, ha- has been so lost yeah. uh, that we just care about really the here and now. Mm-hmm. We, we, we want to know what what we need to do to be uh, better husbands or, or, or uh, better workers or, or better men or to how to have a, a happier family you know, and all those things. Um, and we're just so focused on the temporal. Hard to to see you. It is. It is. And, and if you're not familiar with, with that term uh, that, that Pastor Frank just used, Laodicea, um, man, go spend some time in uh, Revelation chapter 2 and chapter 3 and, and go read the book of Colossians, mm-hmm. um, as a matter of fact. And uh, it's just this time that we're living in where, and we've referenced this in our previous episodes, but this this time in the church age where um, it, it's all about the people's rights. It's all about me. Um, we, we've lost... Um, the desire for God's glory. Um, but but nonetheless, um, he says here that it's required that we be found faithful. And, and, you know, what I love about the Word of God is he doesn't just leave this out, throw it out there, and then expect us just to kind of assume what it means or or kind of just guess or make our own interpretations. If we compare Scripture with Scripture, one of our former Keys of Bible study, um, we will find that he very clearly and very specifically tells us uh, what these mysteries are. Um, and, and so before we do that, I want to just kind of build a, um, a foundation and understanding, um, and uh, let's just make sure we understand what some of these words mean, because if we're called to be faithful, we're called to be stewards, we're, we're ministers, um, these are mysteries, uh, what does that mean biblically? Because we can make our own presuppositions and ideas and kind of just conjure up ideas about what those might mean to us with man's wisdom or our own intellect, but but his ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. Mm-hmm. And so we need to know biblically what these words mean. So, uh, Pastor Frank, can you um, just maybe shed a little bit of light um, on some of these words, specifically um, us being ministers of Christ and stewards of these mysteries? Um, biblically speaking, what does that mean for us today? Yeah, uh, you know, actually, there's a bunch of words here in these uh, first two uh, verses that I think are important for us to uh, make sure we grab onto. I mean, number one, uh, we want to make sure we look at it. It says, let so a man account. So what does that word account mean? Uh, you know, for a Christian, uh, you know, everything's going to ride on these mysteries. And so we need to understand that we are going to be held accountable for this stuff, uh, you, uh, you, you referenced the judgment seat of Christ. In verse 5 of this very same uh, chapter, uh, it says, Therefore judge nothing before the time until the Lord come, who both will bring to light the hidden things of darkness and will make manifest the counsels of the hearts, and then shall every man have praise of God. So we, we are going to be held accountable uh, for these, uh, these mysteries. And, uh, you know, again, talking about that Laodicean attitude, uh, you know, Christians certainly don't like being held accountable for anything these days because yeah. we're all about ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so we need to make sure that we understand that uh, there's going to be an accounting that's going to happen. Uh, and, and then, of course, uh, we look at the word minister. Uh, you know, we need to understand that um, what the word 
minister means is uh, it's, a, it's a person or a member that represents the clergy. That's what the word means. And, and so uh, here's the thing. Uh, you have to understand that 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians was not written to pastors. 1 Corinthians was written to the people. Mm-hmm. Uh, so obviously he's not uh, referencing pastors here. So the question is, okay, well, then who, who, who are the ministers he's talking about? If he's talking to the clergy, he must be talking about the pastors, right? No. Uh, obviously, 1 Peter 2 tells us that we are all the priesthood. Right. Uh, so he's referencing us as uh, all being members of the clergy. Amen. Uh, so that is uh, certainly uh, what helps us understand who he's talking to. Uh, then, uh, of course, he uses that word steward. Uh, and that word steward, uh, you know, the basic definition for that, uh, and you can reference Genesis uh, 15, 1 to 2 uh, for that, but it's, it's someone who runs and oversees a home on behalf of an owner. Uh, it's the custodian of a house. And so, listen, we've been, we, we, we are all brought into God's family, and we are now custodians over God's house. We're his stewards over his house. Uh, and I think that's such a, uh, uh, a beautiful picture, uh, but yet uh, very, very uh, dangerous if we don't understand it. Yeah. Uh, you know, by the way, the word dispensation, mm-hmm. uh, I think, is interesting to bring in here. Uh, you know, that, that, that idea is, is uh, as this, God is dispensing his grace during a specific uh, time period, uh, but it also uh, it also gives off the idea of of how God's ruling His house during that time period. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's interesting too to understand that that idea of a steward. Of course, First Timothy three fifteen tells us uh, that that we need to know how to behave ourselves in the house of God. And so you know, he says uh, we're to be wise master builders. Absolutely. So yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and then of course. Uh, uh, you know, you have um, the, the word mystery. Uh, and, and the question is, is what, it, what is a mystery? Well, there's, there's a lot of mysteries in the Bible. And what we need to understand is, though, that um, as we uh, start to implore some of those rules of Bible study, uh, we need to understand that, uh, uh, you know, there are specific mysteries that are written to the church. And, you know, we talked about how the, the, there's three different people groups that the, the Bible's written to, to the church, to the Jew, and to the Gentile. Well, if you go into the church epistles, you're going to find that there are seven, uh, interestingly enough, the word seven, or the number seven in the Bible is, a, is the number of completion. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's, there are seven mysteries that were given to the church to, that we are going to be uh, stewards of and held accountable for. Uh, in the Old Testament, these, these mysteries were concealed. Uh, and obviously in the New Testament now, they uh, are being revealed. Uh, those Old Testament prophets wrote about some of these, uh, just didn't understand them. They, 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 they just couldn't see them. Yeah. So uh, again, uh, each one of these words, you know, one of the things, if you remember our keys of Bible study that we really tried to, tried to promote when we talked about that, and I would highly suggest going back and listening to those episodes. But one of the things that we tr- we tried to, to to really bring out is you know every word is on purpose, and making sure we understand what words mean uh, really is going to help us understand um, you know how God defines words and 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 how we are to react to what if God's our authority he you know he he could have done anything to provide us his commandments. Mm-hmm. 
the, the thing that he did is gave us words on a page. And so we need to take those words on a page seriously. If he is our authority, then those words on the page need to be serious. And in, this, in these two verses, uh, as you already said, uh, Pastor Robert, you know, listen, it says a man needs to account uh, as the ministers of Christ and the stewards of the mystery of God. And it goes on to say that it is required. That's a big word right there. This isn't, ah, if I get around to it. No. God, God, God says it's required that a steward be found faithful. So we are, we, it is a requirement of us to be found faithful to these, these mysteries. Yeah. And uh, if we're not found faithful to them, uh, that's where the judgment seat of Christ is going to come in. And, and, and uh, you know, uh, listen. There's going to be some consequences. It's not going to be pretty. No, no. Yeah. And and I, I really appreciate what you brought up there about you know every word and and the mysteries of the uh, in the Old Testament being there, but being mysteries just not being revealed, yeah. and, and and that right there is case in point as to why we need to be in both our Old and our New Testament. Mm-hmm. Uh, pastors and churches and, and teachers, believers, you need uh, to not shy away from your Old Testament. Uh, it is not old in the sense of outdated. That is not what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, man, there is just so much that God has for us in there that uh, you are missing out on if you were just uh, partial to your New Testament. Um, so I implore you, if you are um, struggling with that, or if you're a pastor and, and you're not uh, in that Old Testament, you are doing your people a disservice, um, and yourself for that matter. Uh, go ahead, yeah, Chris. It, just based on what you're saying there, it's making me think of, of something that we, we often talk about here at One Baptist Church, the, the, the little cliched thing that we say is that and if you're leaving out that Old Testament, you're leaving, like you just said, you're leaving out so much. But And as we're relaying this to mysteries, you know, in the Old Testament, God would... Uh, all the all the things that he reveals in the New Testament were concealed in the Old Testament. So, uh, and he would use similitudes and pictures and types to to relate those things so that we it could be there for our learning. So once he reveals them in the New Testament, we go back and see how he had uh, done so. But you know, we often say the the saying that if the Old Testament is the New Testament concealed, mm-hmm. and the New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. So you know, like you were saying, Pastor Frank, I mean, every word is there for a purpose. It's every word on purpose for a purpose. And if you leave that Old Testament out, you're, you're not going to understand your New Testament. And if you just, you know, you can't have one without the other. They both absolutely go together. 100%. And that's why he says, don't mess with his words. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> don't add or take away. <laughs> and that's we're it. also told that the Old Testament is there for our learning. Yes, absolutely. The book of Romans tells us that. Absolutely. So. And Chris, I'm going to um, ask you in just a few moments uh, to um, just kind of share uh, what these... Um, mysteries are, uh, the seven New Testament mysteries doctrinally for the church, and just maybe a little a l- little nugget for us um, with <clears throat> each one, uh, because we're going to take um, each next seven episodes and dive into them deeper, uh, but before I do that, I just want to go back to Pastor Frank, which you um, reference in uh, 1 Corinthians 4, uh, verses 3 through 5, uh, specifically there in, um, in verse 5, he says, uh, ju- to judge nothing before the time until the Lord come, who both will bring to light the hidden things of darkness and will make manifest the counsel of the hearts, and then shall every man have praise of God. So we have the opportunity to receive the praise of God, or as he says in 2 Corinthians 5, verses 9 through 11, the yeah. terror yeah. of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And, and this is not the great white throne judgment. Right. Uh, this is not the lost. Right. 
Um, this is the Christian. He's writing the, to the Corinthians. Yep. Yeah, the Son of God who has walked through this life putting their faith and trust in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior and stands before him one day, their risen Lord, and receive and know the terror of the Lord on that day based on our accounting and our stewardship of what he has called us to. So, man, if that does not grab you, um, then you need to restart this mm-hmm. episode and, and try to get there because um, the importance of uh, these things in the Word of God, these mysteries, cannot be overstated. They cannot be overemphasized, yet they are indeed understated and underemphasized, unfortunately, in the church today. Yep. Uh I would like to bring up, uh, you know, Pastor Robert in our Saturday teachings at church. Uh, he's going through these seven mysteries right now as well. Uh, so um, one of the things that I think was really great about um, what you said uh, in one of those teachings was you asked this essential question. And, and I think that just ties right into mm. uh, what we're talking about here. Uh, and that question was this. And, and if you're listening, really just stop for a second uh, and ponder this question. How can you be found faithful to the mysteries of Christ in the event that is going to be the consummate event for you and your eternal life, that's the judgment seat of Christ, if you don't even know what they are or that they even exist? Uh, Man, uh, you know, listen. As Christians today, man, we need to wake up to the realities of what's coming uh, and for for everybody that 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 what is coming can happen in the next moment. We're not guaranteed another second. So uh, the reality is that uh, you know uh, we are appointed on it's appointed on demand once to die, and after this, the judgment. That's it. We are all going to stand uh, at a judgment, and and if we are worthy enough to go to the judgment seat of Christ, because we have been born again and we are truly saved Christians, and we are not told in that day. Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? And he, he doesn't tell us that he never knew us, uh, but he did actually know us, and we are standing before him. Uh, we need to understand that uh, there is going to be some serious accounting because he has given us some serious gifts. And if we don't take those gifts seriously, um, listen, uh, you know, many are going to say that One Baptist Church is too too hard, we're too, uh, we're too, uh, we're too into the word, we're, we're too... Uh, in people's faces, whatnot. The only reason why we're hard, the only reason why we're in people's faces, the only reason why we preach the way we do is because this is what the book says. Right. Absolutely. And we just believe what it says. Yeah. And if you believe what it says, then we need to open up our eyes because we're calling this our authority, but we're not living like it is. Yeah. And don't think for a second that the uh, judgment seat of Christ is all about you, believer. Um, Yes. Not at all. We can lose reward. We can be found unfaithful. We can know the terror of the Lord at the judgment seat of Christ, though we be saved yet so as by fire. However, the implications are not just a poor judgment for us. It goes further because what we receive from that judgment is gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, or stubble, 1 Corinthians 3. Mm -hmm. And what we receive that makes it through the fire just gets turned right back around, thrown at his feet as crowns. Yeah. And so his glory mm-hmm. is at stake here. Which, by the way, this is the point of it all. Amen. 
And that's where the Laodicean Christian just doesn't get it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so yes, we will have to account for that. There will be, there will be tears. There, there may be shame. Um, it doesn't have to be if we're found faithful, but all of that is the case. However, it's ultimately about him and his glory. And do, 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 do I really want to stand before him or bow before him and just have given him next to nothing because of my unfaithfulness? And how will that affect my capacity to glorify him? And can I, and can I add, it's not based on what you think faithfulness is. Yeah. It's based on what God says in his book, what faithfulness is. Mm-hmm. You know, you got a lot of people who think they're faithful because, oh, I go to church. Oh, I do this. Oh, I do that. I read my Bible. <laughs> Time out. That is not, those are not the things that, yes, it is required uh, to assemble mm-hmm. in the church of God. I agree with that. Hebrews ten twenty five, no doubt about it. Uh, but there's so much more than just that. Just because you go to church doesn't mean your judgment seat, the judgment seat of Christ is going to go well for you. Yeah. You better make sure that you are maintaining these mysteries, that you're edifying the church, that you're using the gifts. Are we involved in his work? Are we being faithful? Absolutely, because there's so much more. Yeah. You know, and I think that's where we're lacking in the church today is we have severely watered down the work of the Lord and what it is. And we've watered down all kinds of words People don't really, we have a lot of Christianese going on. Uh, we, we can say the words, but we don't really know what the words mean. And yeah. we, we certainly are putting those words into uh, uh, manifested action. Mm-hmm. Yes, because the, the, the pers- it's all about perspective. I mean, you're talking about the judgment seat of Christ and talk about us as Christians. And, and it's all about the perspective that we, we, we look at this thing from. Is that The, the problem is, is that the, the preaching and the teaching in the churches today is all like devotional, so that that means it's what can I get out of it? What what's in Bunching it for me? people's ears? Yeah, I mean, so so then obviously people aren't going to know like what are you talking about? The seven New Testament mysteries and an account. I'm accounting to, accountable for something. Like I I have to. How do does something? that help me here and yeah, now? Yeah, what does that sure. got? What's in it for me on that? You know, you're, that's the that's the thing. I mean, you, we actually there's a calling on us as a Christian of what we're supposed to be like, what we're supposed to do, and it's not about us. It's it ultimately like we just said, it's about glorifying Him. Knowing these New Testament mysteries is all ultimately going to be about bringing him glory so it has nothing to do with us so it's it's all about perspective i mean we're just looking at this book like it's about us and it's it's what what can i get out of it because that's the product of what's being propagated from the majority of pulpits today and so people are just a product of that teaching and preaching and that's what makes us here at one baptist church that so much different it's not that we've got the special you know insight or anything it's just that well what does the book say yeah. and that's what we're going to well you know, and that's and unfortunately that's the, the thing right we're just bad guys because we're pointing it out. If you preach the truth, you're going to be looked some, at that some, way. Somehow, some way, just because, you know, I've had a lot of people call me out for a lot of things. Yeah. But the, the fact of the matter it. is, I'm just pointing what the Bible says. Why are you getting mad at me? I'm just telling you what the Bible says. It's like Paul said to the Galatians. I mean, do you hate me because I tell you the truth? Mm-hmm. I mean, the truth is not popular anymore. I mean, let's face it. So when we yeah. talk about something like these mysteries and how we're accountable for them, people are like, what? what? Like, you know. How dare you tell me I have to? I don't know this, so I'm I'm not a good Christian, or you know, right. they, immediately people get defensive, like you're attacking them, just well, accusing of right, yeah, absolutely, yeah. I mean, so Chris, while while you're on that, man, just if you can, uh, just share with us, um, you know, uh, an overview of of these seven mysteries, maybe where they can be found in Scripture. If our listeners want to just jot that down and go back to it, and and just give us a little bit of insight there. Sure. So you know, like Pastor. Uh, Frank, I think you were saying it. There's obviously more than seven mysteries in the Bible, but there's seven that pertain to the church for us in the New Testament uh, that we are the stewards over are as follows. We have uh, 
the mystery of godliness or the incarnation of God making being manifest in the flesh. That that would be Jesus. And you find that in First Timothy three sixteen, which says, And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received up into glory. So that first mystery is the mystery of godliness or the incarnation of Jesus. And then the next one would be the indwelling of the Spirit, which you find in Colossians 1.27, which reads, as I turn to it, To whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. So the indwelling of the Holy Spirit is is what happens when we get born again, and that Spirit of God indwells us, something unique to the church today, not without delving too deep into it, mm-hmm. but that is, uh, is, was a mystery before, and Colossians tells us that mystery is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Mm-hmm. And then the next one is the body of Christ, or the church, which you see exemplified in Ephesians 5.32, which uh, through 233, which says, this is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife as himself and the wife see that she reverence the husband. So in that context of those verses in Ephesians 5, it's given a picture of how a husband and a wife and the marriage is supposed to go and because that's a picture of Christ and the church. So the, uh, the body of Christ, this whole entire mystery of the church itself is one of the mysteries. Then you have uh, the next mystery, which would be the restoration of the nation of Israel, which you find in Romans chapter 11. And this is such—they su- all are, but this is such a critical one. Um, so much false doctrine being propagated mm. with all of these, unfortunately, oh, but especially this one in particular. You're right. Um, the restoration of Israel, 11, Romans 11, 25 says, For I would not, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery— lest you should be wise in your own conceits, conceits that blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles become in. Blindness in what? In part. Until when? Until the fullness of the Gentiles become oh, in. Oh, interesting. <laughs> Keep setting them up for me. So this whole ideology uh, of Israel, like you, like you were just saying, there's, there's so much false doctrine in the world today being propagated that God's done with the Jews and the nation of Israel, what, what the Bible teaches that he is most definitely not. Mm-hmm. Because what comes out of this, uh, not understanding this mystery, is, is a whole entire uh, doctrine of covenant theology, replacement theology, that the church has replaced Israel and accepts all the promises and covenants that were due unto them. And that is not true whatsoever. Uh, God is not done with the nation of Israel. He will be turning his attention back to the nation of Israel. That's what the book of Revelation is all about. But today in this thing we call it, we just said the body of Christ, the church age, it's made up of both Jew and Gentile. So then you have the rapture of the church, which most people have heard that word or that term before, but that's one of the mysteries uh, that you find in 1 Corinthians 15, as I turn to that as well, in verse 51 which says, Behold, I show you mystery. We shall not all sleep, which is a word used for death, but we shall all be changed. In the moment in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead, in, the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. Talking to the church, this thing of the rapture of the church, where God will call the church home to be with him in heaven, was a mystery in, in times past. So, um, And then the next one would be the mystery of iniquity, which you find in Second Thessalonians chapter 2, in verse 7, 
which says, For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. This mystery of iniquity is the working of Satan that's been working behind the scenes in front from all, all of humanity that is now, um, we can see it may manifest now more than ever before, but yeah. that, that mystery has been all throughout time that, that Satan's been working uh, through the, in this world because he is the God little G of this world, the prince of the power of the air, but will be come to a fruition in the time of the book of Revelation when, when God again turns his attention back to uh, Israel and the Antichrist, what we call the Antichrist, will be revealed and, and, and it comes to a culmination during that time period. So this mystery of iniquity is one of the seven New Testament mysteries. Yeah. And, and Paul is saying there, um, it doth already work. It already works. At that time. Mm-hmm. At his time and more on this and time. And how much more now? Exactly. But it's been working all throughout history. I would, I would say that it, it started back oh, in yeah. Genesis 3.15 when mm-hmm. that curse against Satan happened. He was attacking everything ever since then. It's been working ever and, since then. And, and I would add, uh, verse 4 of Second Thessalonians tells us, what the mystery of iniquity is really doing, uh, Satan is trying to act in place of God. Mm-hmm. Sure, that, that's what Satan's iniquity was, right? From Isaiah fourteen. Right. Wait till we get into it deeply. Yeah. So once we get into that more deeply, gonna we're really one. gonna you're gonna see why maybe at One Baptist Church we're so so hard, if you will, about uh, uh, making sure we get proper doctrine right because Satan is working hard to destroy yeah. it. Sure. But oh yeah. Anyways. All the way since the beginning. Uh, and then the last one would be the mystery of Babylon or Babylon the Great, or let's just be biblical about it, the great whore mm-hmm. I mean, of Babylon. That's, that's what uh, the Bible says. I mean, we, got, we got a strong worded book here, so we, let's just be faithful to what he calls things. So you find that in Revelation 17 and verse 5 where it says, And upon her forehead was a name written, Mystery Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and abominations of the earth. And, and this one's going to be another one of those really deep ones where we can get into a lot of history uh, behind all of what Babylon really is and what it stands for and, and how that's it's... Look, and that's looking at the religious system right. that Satan has implored, which most people don't understand that, that what, you know, Satan hi- doesn't hide himself behind a pitchfork. Uh, running around with evil, he's more cunning than that. <laughs> yeah, he's what he, you know. He does a little bit more than that. He he actually what he's doing is is he's presenting himself as an angel of light, mm-hmm. and his ministers are presenting themselves as ministers of righteousness. righteousness. Yeah. So uh, that's what mystery Babylon is, and the revelation, the revealing of that mystery is all about. Right. And, and some of the uh, some of these will tie into each other, one and one with the other. So, um, but. These are basically the New Testament, seven New Testament mysteries that relate to us that, like we were talking about in those uh, 1 Corinthians 4 verses, we are ministers and stewards over. And, and it's required that we are uh, faithful to these. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, so um, again, we are going to take the next several episodes and, and go through to those in, in, in much greater detail. Um, but uh, for the rest of our time uh, in this episode, um, I want to uh, talk a little bit about uh, what it is that we need to know or understand uh, in terms of being found faithful stewards to these mysteries. Because um, if we don't understand uh, grace and, and uh, what God's grace is and what it does and, and how it affects uh, our faithfulness to these mysteries, then um we may not be found faithful to these mysteries. So, uh, Pastor Frank, can you uh, speak a little bit about um, what Peter specifically has to say over there in First Peter chapter four, I believe it is, about this and how it relates to uh, to these mysteries? So, so you know, yeah, let's uh, let's stop for a second here and just uh, kind of take a deep breath and and 
because we're looking at this and we're going, man, we, we, we are going to be held accountable for these mysteries. And, and for, the, for the average Christian uh, who, and if you're listening right now and, and you never heard this before, uh, you could be sitting there going, what in the world? What is what, <laughs> these guys is, are crazy? Is, and maybe even maybe even more, uh, you know, it could be overwhelming. Uh, wow, uh, man, we are we really are going to be held accountable for some pretty serious stuff here. And so the question is, is you know, well, man, either we can fall down the the pit of self pity. And just say, well, you know, I'm just not made that way. I can't do that. That's just not for me. Which, by the way, is right where Satan wants you mm-hmm. uh, and, and puts you right where God doesn't want you. Or we can uh, uh, give ourselves over to the Lord in heaven <laughs> and his word and, and, and follow what his word says. Because, you know, what the beautiful thing is, is that God didn't, Uh, hold us and will not hold us accountable to such great uh, 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 information uh, and just leave it to us to have to figure it out. Uh, God gave us something. Mm -hmm. He told us to study. Yeah, well, sure. But he also gave us something. Mm -hmm. He he gave us the gift of grace. And that gift of grace uh, is what gives us the ability to do the things that he has called us to do. You know, and unfortunately, uh, you know, I, I believe uh, with some of many famous authors, unfortunately, and uh, they will not be named here. But uh, listen, uh, we have presented grace uh, only as a partial truth of what true grace really is. And because of the lack of people really, truly understanding what true grace is, uh, that is the reason why 1 Corinthians 4, 1 and 2 is not being done uh, as it should. Uh, number one is because people don't even know. <laughs> All right. So, and number two is because if they do know, they still don't do it because they just la- they believe they lack the ability to do it. And so here's, here's the deal, right? Uh, you, you reference it, 1 Peter 4, 10. Uh, the verse says, as every man hath received the gift... So, obviously, Peter is writing to believers. Mm-hmm. So only the believers are the one that has received the gift. Okay, uh, uh, Robert, Ephesians two, eight through nine. Yeah, right. Absolutely. What does that say? For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves; it is the gift of God, lest any man should boast. Right, so, so uh, not of works. Every yeah. man, yeah, every man has received that gift. Mm-hmm. If we are saved. Yes. Mm-hmm. So every man has received this gift. Mm-hmm. Now, by the way, uh, unfortunately, when most people go to that Ephesians 2, 8, 9 passage and quote it, what they fail to quote is verse 10. Verse 10, which says that we are his workmanship created uh, unto good works. In unto Christ good Jesus. works. Oh. Amen. So why was the gift given? Mm-hmm. To do so that we it. can do, do good yeah. works and be able to do the work of the Lord. That's why the grace was given. Yeah. And so, okay, back here in First uh, Peter 4, 10, it says, As every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same one to another, what? The gift, as good stewards. Now watch. Here's something we're going to be stewards over. Mm-hmm. The manifold grace of God. You mean we're going to be stewards over this? So what are we saying? 
you know, unfortunately, I think today many people, uh, you know, we got to ask the question, what is grace? What is it? And most people today, unfortunately, they have been taught or they believe that grace uh, is, is, is simply uh, the love of God. And I, I would say certainly God's love is involved in grace. Sure. Uh, no doubt about it. But even if you just listen, if you just stop and contemplate for a second, the acronym that a lot of people have attached to the grace of God, just think about it. God's riches at Christ's expense. Okay. Yes. But if the love of God is, is if grace is just the love of God, then the, then the only part of that acronym that makes sense is at God's expense. Well, what were God's riches? Mm-hmm. So God's gave us something in the, in that grace. And, and what he gave us was this gift to be able to perform the work of the ministry. That's what he gave us. You stop and you think about it. One of the things I love about the King James Bible, and, 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 and listen, whatever version you want to read, I'm not going to tell you what to do. Uh, there are very, very p- specific reasons why we promote the King James Bible at One Baptist Church. Oh, yeah. If you ever want to find out why those are, you can email us. You can talk with us. I'm sure in a future episode we may touch on that subject. But I'll say this. One of the reasons why I love the King James Bible is because there's this thing called the law of first mention. And if you really want to understand a definition of a word, all you got to do is just find out where it shows up first time in the Bible. And ironically, the first time the word grace shows up in the Bible is uh, at the time of the flood, mm-hmm. when the whole world was in wickedness and, and, and Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Uh, so what are we saying? Noah found love. So, 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 so what are we saying? If, 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 if it was just love, then God loved Noah and didn't love anybody else. Well, Calvinism just got its nice little hand in there. No. What was it that Noah found grace for? Well, what's the very next thing that Noah is given the ability to do? Brother Mark. Oh, so he had to go to work. Mm-hmm. He had to go to work. Why? Because re- impending wrath was coming, and God gave Noah grace, the ability to do some work that would help him and his family avoid the wrath that was coming. Hmm. Man, listen, that's what grace is. It almost sounds like what we're called to do. Yeah. By the way, that's an Old <laughs> Testament picture for you right there. Yeah. Nice little similitude. Yeah. I mean, look at that's what grace is. We are we are good stewards. We are to be good stewards of this grace. This grace that was given. Uh, there are so many uh, passages in the New Testament that just doesn't make any sense yeah. if you just read grace as love. Well, I'll throw one at you right now. Second Corinthians chapter nine and verse eight. Um, tells us that God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that ye always, having all sufficiency in all things, here it is, may abound to every good work. Oh, see, so this is what grace is. Yes, yeah, certainly, certainly it was God's love. He didn't have to give that to us, mm-hmm. no doubt. Of course. But don't stop there. Why did you get that grace? So that you can abound in the work that we have been called to do. Warning men of what? The terror that's coming. Mm. The wrath that's coming. It's getting them uh, 
grace involves edification. It involves uh, uh, the preaching of God's word. It's the ability to do all of those things. It's utilizing the gifts, 1 Corinthians 12, that was given to us so that we can now uh, uh, do what it is God has called us to do. And by the way, that ties back into the judgment seat of Christ that we were just talking about. And that's what we're going to be held accountable for. It's not uh, how good we've been. It's, It's the works that we've done by the grace that God has given us in his body, his church, for what we've done for him. And that's what we'll be giving an account for. And that's what's going to determine, you know, the future kingdom that we're in. So it all ties together with everything we're talking about here, especially the judgment seat of Christ. Sure. And you know when he, okay, so I just want to look at a couple of verses here and, and look at if you go back into the the book of Acts as the apostles are are building the foundation of the church, you know uh, Acts four thirty three uh, tells us that great power God gave the apostles uh, to witness, uh, and, and it says great grace was upon them. Well that, well, that makes a lot more sense now when you think oh. What are they doing? They're witnessing. What are they witnessing? They're witnessing the, who Jesus is. I mean, and they could only do that because of His grace given to them. Right. Acts thirteen forty three uh, tells us that Paul and Barnabas uh, were persuaded to. He, they persuaded the the people that they were speaking to during one of their missionary trips. They were persu- They persuaded the people to continue in the grace of God. You know, and then you get to Romans chapter 12, verse 6. It says, uh, you know, that we, that we have gifts deferring according to the grace given to us. I mean, you just start looking at these verses and you just got to start scratching your head and go, wait a minute. Yeah. Grace is more than just love. Yeah. And, and you're only coming to those conclusions because you're comparing Scripture with Scripture. Absolutely. We're not taking uh, maybe uh, what we have thought or, or been raised uh, to know or um what has been passed down to us and just taking that as Bible and then presupposing that, or as I think we talked about this on our very first podcast in expository preaching, um, reading into the text um, or or committing or or practicing eisegesis um, as it's known instead of exegesis and and by comparing scripture, scripture coming to an understanding of these things. And the other thing is that we are, if we don't understand these things about grace, man, we are cheapening His grace. We we are watering it down yeah. uh, to to stripping it down to next to nothing almost. Not that the love of God is that, but um, there's so much more to His grace yeah. um, biblically. And the other thing is, is you know, you were talking about how everybody just likes to make grace love. Well, let's be honest. I mean. We could do that with everything then. God's love is in everything. I mean, we could turn everything into just being about God's love. And then what happens is you end up watering it down and never understanding well, what things really are. Salvation is just all about it's God's It's all love. about God's love. Well, you could say that about everything. You get, yeah. That's your out. Like, oh, I don't need to. That's just God's love. You know, it's what it's always about. You know, Jude, God's love me. He's not going to hold me accountable for anything. <laughs> Jude 1 4 says, I have liberty in Christ. Right. God's love. You can do it for everything, man, mm, okay. for everything. And we have. And what happens yeah. is when you do that, as pertaining to what we're talking about here with grace, you know, Jude 1.4 says, For there are certain men crept in unawares who were before of old ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men turning the grace of God into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. Well, that's what happens when you start making it something so, it's So we turn not, the love of God into lasciviousness? You can turn it into lasciviousness. You can uh, turn well, it, I mean, that doesn't even make sense. <laughs> wow. <laughs> By misunderstanding what the grace of God really is. Yes. yes. Yeah. So, so man, I mean, just 
we, we can go on and on and talk about these things, um, and we, we will do that, uh, but, but I just hope that you're seeing, um, again, like Pastor Frank said, maybe this is the first time that you've really heard some of these things, or, or maybe maybe you've been um, exposed to these before, and this is a good refresher, um, but wherever you are in that, uh, man, if you could just, you know, just, just pause uh, this episode, uh, or go back and jot some of these things down, um, and, and be a Berean, um, and, and go search the scriptures and see if these things be so, because uh, that that is our heart's desire. That is the Lord's desire, um, and, and we can't afford to get this wrong. We can't afford to mess this up because there is so much at stake. So, um, with that said, uh, we'll go ahead and put, put a bow um, on this episode. Uh, please do tune in next week as we uh, uh, jump into um, one mystery um, by itself um, that will. Um, be the um, mystery of godliness, uh, the incarnation, um, and so I'm uh, very excited about that. Uh, but for the time being, uh, we do thank you for tuning in and hanging with us. Um, if you have any uh, feedback, any questions, comments, concerns, what have you, uh, we'd love to hear from you at uh, info at onebaptistjacks.world. Um, until next time, uh, I'm Pastor Robert with One Baptist Church, and we will see you then. Thank you for listening to The Revealing, a podcast ministry of One Baptist Church in Jacksonville, Florida. Senior Pastor Frank Silvaggio, Associate Pastor Robert Engel. For more information about One Baptist Jacks, please go to our website, onebaptistjacks.world, or email us, info at onebaptistjacks.world.